Published Podcast. My name is Amy. I'm James. And today we're going to talk about the importance of having time to think and the creative process. Um, but before we dive into that, I just want to talk to you. Um, we both want to talk to you about what we've been up to and where we're at in our own creative journeys because I've just launched the We Need Your Art course and I'm really keen to, to talk about that just before we dive into this topic today. Yeah, I thought maybe I could give you like a little interview or something. Oh, that's that such we a cute really idea. That that's much, such a but, cute idea. Um, just so people can get a better, better idea of the course, uh, maybe you could explain to them you know, why you decided to do a course when we already yeah. have the books and the We Need Your Art series? Yeah, so the We Need Your Art series um, looks at some of the content that I have in my book series, um, you know, for the procrastinator, for the burnt out artist and for the perfectionist. But it's just um, kind of presented in a slightly different way. So obviously it's visual, there's masterclasses with me. It's much more broad. We look at a lot more aspects of the creative life. For example, we also look at imposter syndrome and comparison and jealousy and how we define and refine our creative voice how we you know deal with business and marketing and social media um, but they're all in a masterclass perspective so if you're not someone who can sit down and read and find that you're learning in that kind of format I've made this masterclass so that you can really interact with me on a more face-to-face kind of process yeah cool so would you say it's more like lessons like you it's more like sitting down with you at a live event than it would be reading a book a hundred percent i've kind of seen it like all of the stuff that i talk about in one-on-one sessions with clients i've just sat with everything that i talk to clients about and and pulled it into this one big course um so it's essentially like a big one-on-one program that you can have with me um but for the price of well it would be one coaching session yeah one coaching session for this whole big masterclass course because I guess that's like the thing about you with coaching is coaching takes a lot of your energy. And it does, yeah. the idea is that we want to expand like all the great content you would deliver yeah. in a one-on-one coaching session. We yeah. want it, that to be like available to as many people as possible. 100%. You know, one-on-one coaching can be really incredible. Um, and if you have the finances to invest in that kind of process, you know, it can be really useful. Um, but not everybody can access it and it's a big investment. So I feel like this is like a really good way to like, if you've ever wanted to work with me, this is your time to like work with me. And it would be an honor to get to go on a journey with you. Yeah, I feel like, you know, at the moment you don't do long coaching programs like no you barely even do one-on-ones anymore yeah so it's sort of like um you used to have those three months programs where people could really sit with you and mm. and talk to you for three and now you've had you I mean you have some clients for over a year two I've years for two years yeah um but the great thing i think about the course is that it's like you really get an ongoing lesson program for yeah. you about things and it built and each lesson builds on the other one and 100%. you have all the journaling built in so people can like continue to learn on their own and it comes with the um, a little mini 5,000 word compendium as well. It does. Specifically focused on the topics that you cover in the yeah. course. I'm always going to include so much journaling in the way that I teach because it's the way that I feel like I've been able to level up over and over and over again. It's this portal for me of like creative abundance. So it's always going to be integrated in everything that I ever create. And in this course is obviously no exception. Every single module, and there's multiple modules per masterclass, have a, a journaling prompt and the journaling prompts go into detail in a little creative compendium that I've accompanied with it and the idea of this is so that you can be your own coach I think too many of us just continually rely on external motivation external support systems and especially in the self-help world we're like continually reaching out 
in order to keep ourselves going and to keep ourselves like you know above water whereas i feel like if we can really understand how journaling and that introspective and that self-reflection can serve us then we can become our own coaches and we can ask ourselves the right questions and we can just support ourselves and allow ourselves to level up and move through resistance and and thrive on our own without constantly needing to go external yeah yeah it's really i mean it's really cool i love it i mean i i love what you've done with it and i think like Obviously, I'm biased, mm. but it's really cool to see. I feel like it's like a real culmination of the last several years of your journey. Yeah, I feel that like too. Distilled into punchy, like easily absorbable lessons. Yeah, I feel that too. Yeah, it's big, and I'm I'm really excited. You know, already to see people start moving through it. It's just a really compact and beautiful way, I think, to move through a lot of the resistance that comes on your creative journey. Sweet. Do you reckon that's enough? Yeah, I think it's enough. If anyone has any questions, of course, you can always just message me or message James. Yeah, 100%. All right, so let's talk about thinking and the, the importance of taking time to just be with our own thoughts and thinking in our creative process. Yeah, like this is almost the key, I reckon, for Mm. me, like, especially when you consider how hard that is to come up with to continuously be ideating and mm-hmm. that's what creatives do it's like our main gift is ideation like coming up with new creative things yeah and like that's very difficult just to sit down and like like will your brain and just sort of squeeze your brain muscle and try and make ideation come out yeah that's just not really a practical thing for you to do yeah and you said it right is the main focus is ideation but i would argue all creators main process is ideation of course like we have R- to writing have the is ideas. just what i'm familiar with but of course 100 yeah. yeah i think it's so interesting like this is something that i've really been thinking about over the last two weeks because i'm in the ideation phase of my new novel and it doesn't require me to sit down at my laptop it doesn't it really doesn't what it requires me to do is it's to find places where i can think and imagine and and process thoughts and so I've been doing that uh while I walk I've been doing that when I've been doing the puzzle in there like I've been doing that just sitting outside why are you laughing at me laughing at the puzzle Amy started so we're on holidays at the moment and Amy started doing a puzzle and then like she's been doing it for maybe two days and I come into the room today and she goes I think maybe all the pieces to this puzzle aren't here and anyway we count it out it's supposed to be a thousand word puzzle and it ends up having 600 pieces (laughs) 600 piece puzzle a thousand piece puzzle like how do 400 puzzle pieces go missing i have no idea it's crazy it's probably because my grandpa had been doing it and he just at the best of times can't find anything (laughs) (laughs) i'm still like did he put them in the bin but still worthwhile right because i feel like he solves like even even over the last few days just doing the puzzle i feel like you've solved three major things yes and if i had sat myself down and and was like plot plan let's go like i just it would have been such a more frustrating and like forced project it's ease i invited ease into my life by saying i don't need to like produce something tangible right now i need to find spaces where i can think and so i allowed that and it's been much more abundant it's been much more easeful i haven't felt like i've had to force it and i've stayed away from writing anything down really yeah it's amazing and this is where like you know slow kind of dead space is the best Mm. and when you know you really want to have an absence of stimulus in these situations yes and i think that can be why the ideation process is terrifying for a lot of creatives because for so many of us the thought of having lack of stimulus is really terrifying and Mm. i know for me particularly in the last few years where i've had very bad anxiety i've used stimulus whether that's phones or tv or books or everything i've used stimulus as a way to soothe my anxiety because the thought of being with just my mind and my mind alone is really terrifying and i speak to a lot of creatives who are 
very much in the same boat. They want, and you know, this day and age, we're just used to a lot of stimulus. So taking stimulus away and finding times to just daydream and think is not something that we're really in practice of. So rare. And even us as people who try and actively cultivate it, find it really hard. Like Mm. it's really hard. It is really hard. Um, And like, it's sad because it's so fun and so joyful to do Mm. it when you do do it. But it's a real fear approaching it. I know. So me and James have been really discussing how important this is. And we've been talking about like how it needs discipline around it. And we want to discipline and structure this kind of ideation time and just time away from stimulus so that we can, you know, I mean, this is the coolest part of what we do, but I feel like I've been avoiding it. And to be clear, like the puzzle is different to the phone in so many ways. Like you've chosen, like you specifically chose the puzzle. Like, why do you think, why did you? Why did I choose it? Okay, so I chose the the puzzle because, and I also chose, I went out and collected sticks for the fire the other day. That was also really useful. It's very useful for my hands to be doing something. Mm. Um, And it it stops them craving phone, I think, and it stops them craving craving something else. Like, so I just give my hands something to do. It's very low level uh, thinking. Like I'm looking through puzzle pieces to find the edges. I'm picking up sticks from the ground. It's just taking up enough of my mind to like almost, it's like giving a a baby a toy Mm. and like just shh. It's true. Mummy needs to think. It's like tricking the brain, right? It's like, here, have this very simple task that you can do. Mm. It doesn't require very much attention at all. Yeah. And in the background, there's other things going to be going on. Yeah. I think that's why a lot of creatives I know love knitting. I know Lola, one of my clients, who's an author, loves to knit while she thinks. Um, You know, those things that just, it's literally that baby, giving your baby brain that kind of something to to do so that you can have some time to daydream and think and, Mm. and to problem solve. I think so much of our problem solving doesn't happen at the laptop. It doesn't happen at the canvas it doesn't happen in the studio it happens when we're kind of got that space to process and then you know those beautiful ideas just come to you and you're like mm. fuck it how did that happen do you ever get that feeling where i get this sometimes where i almost like feel full like to use the analogy of eating and meals like i feel full of stimulus mm. and i can almost not stomach any more stimulus yeah yeah, yeah. you're like over it overstimulated think, yeah overstimulated okay i'm thinking about you know, I like to listen to podcasts when I cook dinner. Mm. But then sometimes I'm just like, oh, I couldn't even stomach a podcast yeah, right yeah. now. I just have to sit here with my own thoughts. Well, I have to stand here and cook with my own thoughts. Like, mm. I think that's a real solid sign from our bodies that maybe it they want, you know, our minds and our bodies want time mm. to think about something and stuff. Yeah, I love that. And they haven't had the opportunity to think about stuff. I also get the um, kind of cravings for fiction and nonfiction. So after a particularly a lot and big nonfiction phase where I've like gorged myself on like a lot of people's ideas for, you know, the in inverted commas, the real world, my brain will be like, I do not need to consume any new ideas in this way. Give me fiction and play and make believe. And I have really clear fiction and nonfiction phases mm. of my life, which I think is similar. Yeah, I, I come up actually with a weirdly large amount of ideas when I read fiction, like something about reading good fiction or even mm. bad fiction makes my brain form extra connections yeah i mean it's maybe more um it's like more plasticity to it or something like yeah. it's like there's not as much structure or something and it's not really thinking time but i find when i'm reading a book and something like that happens i it's a really bad idea to keep reading it's mm. like no instantly put the book down and let and follow that chain of ideas it's mm. like if you ever get into a situation where you feel like a cascade of ideas has just been activated. Don't ignore that. Like immediately get something out. You're like, very get your good notes at out. I have like, um, my notes up on my phone is just like stuffed with random book ideas and like 
or like uh, ideas for the current book I'm writing, just in these all these random folders, which are just me being panicking with a, when a, a train of thought has come up. Usually, when I'm consuming something else, yeah, I just need to stop. And I need to just like follow that ideation phase. I need to like stop the stimulus. And I need to let that thought run. That's really cool. You're much better at that than I am. In fact, your ideation process, I would argue, is much better than mine. For my last two fiction novels, particularly, if we're looking at fiction here, I had those ideas like gifted to me almost. I wasn't in search of them. And for this new novel, I'm really like, I would like to write a new fiction book, please. Where is my idea? Yeah. And I'm just like sitting there being like, I'm I'm ready and I'm waiting. And I haven't given myself that thinking time. But I love, I mean, you've, I think you've very, you've slowly over the course of months come up with your current idea. Mm. And it came from a one really strong idea while you were consuming other art, stories, yeah. other art. But then it's like, once you have that seed, you've got to have, give that seed time to crystallize. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I think you know, uh, creatives are very like, oh, they get a seed and they're like, well, that's a stupid idea. Well, that's not really an idea. It's nothing. It's a, fl- a flickering of something. But like, we need to grab hold of those flicker- flickerings and like treasure them so, so that they can grow. So often like a massive project just stems from one image. Literally. But it's like, well, that image won't go anywhere if we don't give it time to percolate yeah my book that i'm about to release this year um the rules upheld by no one was triggered by an i an image that was shown to me in my medieval lecture and it was the sex worker with the red striped wooden hood Mm. i loved that image sex workers in like 14th century and a bit earlier they were identified in london but they made them wear these like almost like uh night caps and they were really absurd looking their red and white night caps and they made them all wear them on the streets and it was just so absurd such a clear image it's in a my striking, mind very striking image and not even i didn't even end up using that image in my book because i ended up going for a later time but then so many of those the ideas in that book came from you walking in nature and especially when you visited your parents I mean, yeah it's such a fruitful time when you go over to the uk like you come back with a thousand ideas i do and i found that really hard and i think you know i've kind of been stubborn there and the grief that i haven't been able to visit my parents i've been able to go home to the uk and so I've, I've i've been really like and i can't be such a stubborn person i'm like well i'm in stupid australia so how can i figure out my next idea when i can't even go to a fucking castle <laughs> yeah but obviously like that's only me getting in my own way and i have been able to piece together this new book that again it's an english story it's an english history story um, and i've done it in the australian bush but I mean, really cool, but it does also speak to the fact that if you do have something that always consistently ignites your imagination, like yeah. if it's in your power, yeah. it's not like thousands of kilometers away in, a, in the middle in a of pandemic. pandemic, then tap into that. Yeah. Tap into 100%. that. 100%. Yeah. Know what works for you. Like, I, remember, I mean, so cool. Like literally you found the name of your main character in The Rules I Held by No One in a ruin didn't you yeah on a, i did well, on an old... i was literally i was walking through it wasn't actually in the uk it was in colma in france and i was on a holiday with my parents and i was literally just like walking along and i was like oh, i just don't have a name for this main character and i stopped and he looked up and in this big old beam that like was like propping up an old tudor house it literally just said elizabeth and it was spelt with an s instead of a z and i was like oh well, okay then yeah and then you, you actually came up with so many cool like actual authentic little moments from like in the book are from you just walking around and seeing yeah elizabeth was like um that's what i've always called her the rules upheld by no one that book was literally pieced together through a family holiday like i went to the nunnery that she spends time in i went to laycock abbey and i I walked around that, that nunnery and and um the um home that she grows up in grace grace court um i've been there that's down the road from my family's house and i love that space and i know you know i know that home like with my own eyes i know it yeah but like the way you take those um 
moments where we go and look at history mm. is so awesome to look at because it's such an intentional time for you. It's like, I'm here to be inspired. I'm here mm. to have ideas. Like when I watch you in a castle, it's like when it's like, I'm always the roles are flipped, you know, like when you try to interrupt me while I'm reading and I'm like, what? <laughs> Whereas when I'm, when we go to a national trust site for you in the UK, it's like, don't come near don't me. Don't come near me. I'm <laughs> like absorbed in this and my brain is just running. It's just running and I can yeah. see you. It is. I'm actually, I've never really noticed that before. You're right. Like I, the, the tables are turned like with James, like when he's in ideation processes or when he's reading, like I know for some reason I've never learned, like I always try and interrupt this phase for him. And he's always like, what? Like he's pulling him out of reverie, but you're right. Yeah. When I'm in that ideation phase, when I'm in the UK and we're on walks or where I'm like very serious about it, like do not interrupt me. I'm like, it's real inner child stuff. I'm like, I don't even know you. I'm like 12 year old Amy right now. And you're a stranger to me. Mm. And I can imagine it's so cool that you can tap into that when you're there. Like, if we lived there, I feel like you'd write. Yeah, like, so many I'm prolific. Ideas. I know. I yeah. don't want to use it as a crutch, but you know, it's obviously, as you say, you've found ways to to come up with ideas and ideate in Australia. It's just mm. been harder. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I wanted to talk a bit about the ideation phase becoming procrastination as well, because mm. I think that's an important thing to talk about. Because I speak to a lot of creators who are like oh my idea isn't here yet oh I just need to ideate more I just it's not come to me yet I can't start before I know everything and you know whilst I really think a lot of us are also on the opposite end of the spectrum just not ideating enough at all I often see creatives who use it as a crutch and they never start the work and they bounce they have so many ideas they spend all the time ideas they just bounce they bounce from one idea to the next and nothing's finished it's never complete and I just wanted to bring that up because this was sort of inspired by um listening to a podcast with Ryan Holiday and um, Cal Newport. Newport on the Daily Stoic podcast and they were just talking about how um, there's like a balance between the just right attitude mm. and the ideation just procrastination through ideation attitude mm. it's like you've got to find somewhere in the middle and ultimately they were poo-pooing the just right I mean they think right is right and they think absolutely you've got to write consistently mm. and, and constantly but they were also like well, but you can't just write without an idea. Yeah. So it's like you've got to balance those two things and whether that's like while you're working on one project, you're also giving yourself time to think about another project or if it's like not going too early on an idea but at the same time not holding... It's really tricky. It is. It's a really tricky balance. And... I think what Ryan Halliday does is he has his notepads, right? He just writes um, uh, note note cards. cards. Yeah, Yeah, he just writes like literally hundreds of note cards and his ideation phase. I think he's already had the main idea. And then he just goes and researches and he researches by handwriting these hundreds of note cards. You know, I really like this idea that, and I think it's like so anti-hustle, it's so anti-productivity that like a massive chunk of the work that we do as creators has no physical product, Mm. not even a note on a piece of paper. Like I like this idea that like it's a mandatory part of the thing of, of like the process and you just have to think. And don't fucking do anything else. Like I really, yeah. I don't think that idea is so romantic. And you and can't wonderful. really skip it. Like no, you you will just never have any good ideas. And this is the thing that came across in the Cal Newport Ryan Holiday podcast was just like you've got to have cracked the idea mm. to really nail the project. Mm-hmm. And like you've got to have a you've got to have at least like you've got to know what's special about it. You've got to know what clicks there. Yeah, the clicking. And you can't shortcut your way to that moment like you've got to just give yourself the time time, to think about it and it can be a really agitating distressing thing when you can't quite get there like me the last few days i'm like i've got this like 
wisp of an idea and I just don't fucking understand why it's a story and it makes me so angry. Yeah. But then it, cl- it clicks and you're mm. like... <laughs> I, I do think with fiction, mm. you can kind of write your way into the idea. Some, I mean, so you, can ha- you need to have a good foundational plot idea. Yeah. But then I think there's that moment where that would propel you to the first 20,000 words or so. Yeah. But then you can't make yourself really finish yeah. through the middle I really... and the end unless you've really got like that, oh, this is what it's about. I am... Um... I would disagree, yeah, with that. Just in that I think that with for fiction particularly, particularly long fiction, you need a structure. Well, I've just never been able – I've never seen a creative be able to do it. Mm. I, I've never seen someone just start and, and find it along the way. I've, it always fizzles out. I mean, I feel like it's possible, but it's harder. I guess, like yeah. It's... I mean, nothing's impossible. I just feel like you're making life really difficult for yourself. Mm. I'm not saying you need, like, a plot-by-plot plot structure. Like, I'm really random. Like, I'm – so much of my story is discovered in the process. But I didn't plan my first book and it took me six years. And it was like really like trying to find the story. And I was all over the place. It was a fucking nightmare. Mm. And then the next few I did. And it was just like I was able to be super imaginative and flexible within the process. But I like had a structure to cling to so yeah. that I was always moving forward. But is the structure, is that the same as cracking the idea? Yeah, I think the idea is there. Like I, the I core it, of it is there. Yeah, true. Oh, I mean, you, I'm happy to disagree. I, I disagree because I think that if it's dangerous, but like if you can happen to crack the idea of what's really key in the art, in the process of it, that's yeah. fine. But I think the danger is that you get 20,000 words in and you haven't cracked it yet. Yeah, and it's pushed, yeah. Yeah, or, you know, if you're writing a nonfiction book, you only have 40, 50,000 words. So you might get twenty halfway through the book and be like, actually, I don't really. Yeah, that's, and that's a different, a different stru- structure because you really, I think in nonfiction, you've really got to know, like before you started writing... Your, we need your art books. You'd already cracked. Like, I knew, yeah. Because we had spent. So we this is the thing, like that. I was. We were saying in the car is like, Amy and I. We really spend like half our life, just the two of us, just talking about ideas, ideas, mm. ideas. Like we spend so much time just talking, 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 like talking about procrastination, talking about perfectionism, talking about burnout. Like beyond this podcast, we are spending. We're just chatting to each other about <laughs> it constantly. We like, are. I feel and very we're lucky. Chatting for this. bullshit for the first like. 100 yeah. hours we talk about it until we really know what we're talking about yeah. or like we really feel like we've got our teeth into it yeah and that's when those books and that's why the win and your art series you could go like kind of go bang 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 with them because you were like we had been cracking the shell of those ideas for, for a long for a time. few years before yeah. you wrote them yeah and then Definitely. it's like okay i feel like i've cracked the shell of this yeah and i can start writing it 100 mm. percent. which is just a long rant to say yeah maybe you do need to have cra- cracked it first. especially for non-fiction i think it's a special yeah Fiction is maybe a little bit different. Nonfiction, it's like, well, if you don't really know what the point is. And this is interesting, like having written, uh, when I was writing, when I've written two major theses now, um, academic theses now, and it's like, you actually do figure them out along the way, like, but that's because you your research phase is so long in academia. Mm. Like, you can research for 80% of the length of the time that you're... Um, your uh, thesis is due, You know, yeah. for the years that you're studying mm. and not really get any... I mean, you might get lit review stuff down, like you might like scribble down a few thousand words of blah but then like it doesn't really come together until you're like i'm so on top of the literature now that i can just yeah yeah interesting it's a different different. process yeah it's i mean it would be different for everyone's craft you can imagine writing an album for musicians could be really different as well Mm. we we know as always we'd love to hear your thoughts on this but for i think for every single craft like that ideation phase is integral and we need to have it we cannot skip it i think that's why like a really good option say if you want to write um but you're, and you feel like you're bogged down into the ideation phase is blogs. 
short mm. stories. Like, um, I'm trying to think about visual art. I'm not sure, and music, what the options would be. But, like, shorter form things yeah. are awesome. Yeah. Like, I often, all my my current novel was a short story before I started writing it. Mm. Just oh, to yeah. see what, and I wrote, like, a few, just to see which one of the ideas were... This is something Flipped that me and me. you are really different of. I never do that. Yeah. And I just can't be fucked. But you do, like, I mean, think about your, your nonfiction books. Like, they're all essentially, you learn about, you basically write posts, mm. put them on Instagram, and the posts at the ideation phase. Like, yeah, it's you working through all the posts. And, mm-hmm. like, that's why I would say, you know, you give out so much content for free, but the real crystallized version of the content is the paid content. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Just like, you know, this podcast is all a bit off the cuff and like we don't really plan it or think about it too much. Yeah. But then like if you're doing a masterclass. Yeah, I've thought about it. That's all the stuff we'd already we've already covered in the podcast, thought about for hours and hours and hours and then like made into an outline. Yeah, I think um, like, having these kind of platforms, particularly to share, like to share these pla- to share like the the ideation phase is fun. I mean obviously we need personal and private ideation, but I think you're right, like having the process along the way yeah. of trying out your ideas in public is really cool. Yeah, like you folks know that we're not coming to you here like pretending to be at the 100 percent authority on yeah, these yeah, things yeah. like whereas if you pay for something maybe you're expecting a bit more to be a bit more thought through like <laughs> yes. in the media in the podcast medium or in, on an instagram post there's a bit of slack you're giving to people yeah we get or on to... a personal blog or something mm. yeah i think that's a really interesting point that we've not talked about and that's before. what actually that's inter- something interesting that cal newport said in that podcast was he was like first i think of an idea then i write a blog about it and then i try and sell it to publication like the new york yeah. times or the atlantic and then once i've written enough of those articles about something then i'll try and get a book deal on it yeah fascinating so it's like four steps later yeah i think again we so often like want to like push aside like instagram posts are a waste of time or like podcasts it's not like the main thing but like yeah. they're so valuable actually he starts with a tweet so he goes idea tweet blog article book. <laughs> all and these then, and they're out. all the same idea yeah so it's like and he's like, okay, what, by the time it gets to book, he's like, I know this works because it's resonated with enough people. Yeah, or like it's Or I've had feedback on it or I've had time to think about it. Really interesting. That's really interesting. Mm. Yeah, I like that. I like this idea of the ideation phase happening with yourself, but then like getting to play with it publicly. Yeah. I feel like that's such a generous process. Mm, so sure. keeping it all to yourself. And also that's generous very, for you. It's so, so abundant. And very vulnerable. Mm. Love it. Right. We're done? That's good. Yeah, for sure we're done. Cool. Thank you so much, guys. Yeah, thank you so much, everyone. Bye-bye.